What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to episode five of the Unhinged Talk podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hennessy, joined by my co-host, Dan Rourke. What's up? Plenty to talk about today. We have a lot to talk about, but you know what? I think we're going to start first by discussing where the Yankees are right now, because after tonight, they're going to be six games back of the division. They win. They currently have a five. Or five to they're going to win. Baltimore. It's not, dude, there's a runner on third, two outs, and Britain's pitching. But in case, in case you guys were wondering, we're recording this at 11 p.m. on Sunday night. Middle of the bo- bottom of the seventh inning right now. And if the Yankees do win tonight, they'll only be six games back in the ALEs from the Red Sox and actually only five back in the loss column. So, contrary to what I said a few weeks ago, there actually is reason to scoreboard watch over the next couple weeks, you think? I mean, with how many games? They have six games left against the Red Sox. Six games left with the Red Sox for the rest of the season. Three at Yankee Stadium, three at Fenway. Fenway, to, they have three left at Fenway to close the season. So okay, be- but think about this. By the time they get to Fenway to close the season, they're going to be at full strength, hopefully. Oh, without a doubt. Judge will be back. Gary will be back. So that's huge. As long as they can keep it. Within six games, with six games left against Boston, no, I think you're not taking six all six out of Boston. I say like you want to go. You might though. I think you want to go. There's in, a chance because they say. Well, they say uh, Gary indeed will be back September third for the Oakland series. I say you want to yeah. go into that maybe five games out, four in the lost column, something like that. You know? Yeah. I I mean, look like. It's not something that I would bet money on happening. Why oh, would it? I already have so much money on it. It's repulsive. I'm close to. I'm but a, it's something that like you can you can dream about. Oh, without a doubt. There's reason to watch these games. And to be honest, my whole thing was once after the Boston series. I'm not gonna lie. I got like I was watching every single game, but like I guess like my excitement and enthusiasm towards it was dropped a lot. Like I would watch every game, but like they, it didn't really feel meaningful. But now yeah. it's kind of like going tonight. I was like hyped. Like it was a postseason game. Win tonight, you're only six games back and five back in the loss column. That's what really matters is the loss column because the like Yankees have played one less game than Boston, I think, or maybe two. But you know what? Let me tell you something because, like, I like I hate to say this, but at this point, it doesn't even hurt anymore. Like when the Yankees get swept by Boston, it actually hurt a lot more in the beginning of the season when they lost like that game to Toronto. Or oh, those, you know what's good now? Those affected they're beating up on the bad team. You got to beat up on Baltimore. Like they're, if they do, well, I mean, this is just one series. No, but this, they they beat up on the White Sox and the Rays. They did, the Rays took two out of three, but the Rays are actually a good team. They're the Rays are a good team, yeah. But well, they took two out of three from the Blue Jays. Um, then tomorrow they start a series with the White Sox at home. That's easy. There's no excuse to not at least win two out of three. That home. should be a sweep, honestly. Yeah, and then after that they go to a West Coast trip with. That's going to be tough. Gary and Didi will be back apparently for that if it's, everything goes well. And then I think you go to Seattle for three. And it's going to be a tough stretch. It's 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 Chicago starting tomorrow. Then you have Detroit for four after at home. Okay. And then after that, it's Oakland and then Seattle. Look, as long as they go to the West Coast with, I want to say, five back or less, I think they're honest, in a West good situation. Coast, that could determine the AL East outcome. Yeah, like, or at least their competitiveness toward it. Because like, all right, say so. At, you at least want to split. I'd say try to take four out of six. Yeah, that's like best can. But okay, look in the beginning, not the beginning, but like what was it May when they had that really tough stretch? I think we all said if they went like 
something like 10 and 10, they would be okay. And I think they lost like two games in that 20 game stretch. They could do that again. Without a doubt. You don't want to, you don't want to lose the six games at all. And for the, you have seven games total for the next, I think eight days against or seven days against uh, Chicago and Detroit. I think, I'm I'm going on a limit, but you have to. I think six out of seven, if not seven out of seven. Look, like I think the Chicago. main thing here that we're not looking at is that I think that they've gotten over their mental hurdle mm. in and this you, Baltimore series. Wouldn't you say that they're starting? To, like I don't I don't know if it's just me because they're playing Baltimore. But like, they're starting to have a little bit more of a fun. You know what I mean? They are. Like well, I like, feel I, like it's because they're actually beating up on the bad teams. Exactly. Which is something they haven't done. Going into the series, they were what six and six against Baltimore. And yeah, that, if everything goes well tonight, they're going to sweep and be high 36 games over 500. And then, like I said before, only five back in the loss column. So if they win tonight, and it's kind of just like there's more of like, I don't want to say a swagger, but in terms of just like, like a better, more enthusiastic approach towards like the whole team, in my opinion. But you know what? I'm going to transition now based off of what you just said into the emergence of Luke Voigt because Luke he's Voigt's got another hit, dude. Holy shit. I'm sorry. It, it all worked out perfectly. So. The emergence of Luke Voigt, I feel like, has added uh, an emotion to this team that they were lacking when Greg oh, Bird was in the lineup. Home run. When he hits a home run, dude, he's Sammy Sosa. There, literally, he's like he's like I love. I posted on Twitter yesterday when he hit that first home run. He celebrated like it was a walk off bomb, dude, and I love run. it. I hate any unless it's the postseason. Unless it's the postseason, I hate like showing a pitcher during a home run or getting too excited over anything in a home run unless it's the playoffs. But something about Luke Voigt. I mean, I guess I'm a little biased because it's my own team, but like Luke Voigt, like. It gets me hyped up. It's like, let's... Yeah. No, but I wouldn't even consider it showboating. I consider it, like, showing emotion. Exactly, yeah. It's kind of, and that's not, not a bad thing. More so, it's like, he's dropping the bat and doing a couple, like, what do you call them, like, little leaps. You see what he does? He, like, just, yeah, like, yeah. dips in a way or something. And after that... But he, he, do- he just did it when he got that single. Listen to this. All right, so Luke Voigt is now 3 for 3 tonight. 325 average. This is for the full season, including the Cardinals. 1.025 OPS on the season. Four and homers. that's after the single. Four homers, 12 RBIs. Yeah, that's after the single. And Bird. Bro, like, that's solid. You want to hear Bird's stats on the season? 679 OPS, 199 batting average. I mean, it's awful, I, but, like. I, I wrote this in an article that, or whatever came out today that um, if Bird wasn't a lefty, like, they wouldn't be so obsessive over me. It's the fact that, like, and if Void was a lefty, holy, holy crap. Boy, we'll be starting over Bird every single day. And I'm starting to think that's what's going to happen here. Voice Bro, if, if Bird didn't hit that home run off of Miller oh, in the no, ALDS I, last year, he wouldn't even be on the team Bird, right that, now. That's, I was saying that with in the article, too. But I think that's more so, like, that buys him more time and, I guess, like, love with the fans is the homer off Andrew Miller. One home run. One. And without a doubt, I mean, that was a big home run. I'm not going to discredit that. But in terms of just, like, it's more so the fact that he's a lefty in Yankee City and they're more obsessive over the fact of, you know, getting him right and making him, like, this star that I think he's going to be. But at least for like the remainder of 2018, I think you got to ride it with Voight, you know? I honestly, all right. So let's say the Yankees do face Oakland in the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Manaya would probably up, start the game, right? I would put money on a matchup. I'd say Yankees Oakland. So Manaya would probably start for Oakland, right? He is on the DL though right now. So I don't know how that's going to go. But yeah, if, yeah, it'd be, it'd be Manaya, yeah. So I'm starting Voight, no doubt. Oh, without, yeah, I'd say so. If my lineups for today, I'd say, well, mm, Assuming Judge, you know, Deedee and Gary are all playing, you could start Walker at first, too, though. Because there still is a while to go. Yeah, but you want walk. I would rather have Walker coming off the bench. That's true, yeah. And he is versatile. He can play third, second, first. Yeah. I feel something happens. Especially considering that batting righty is in his 
Yeah, that's true. And that's not... later, I mean, there still is like 30 games left in the season, a whole month left in the season. So anything can happen. Void could you know, go over his next. Like, yeah. But like, and Bird can go, you know, like 30 first. Well, I mean, don't forget, Bird has been bad for what, three or four months now? It, well, Bird, he had a little hot streak before the All Star break. And since. But a hot streak for him is batting like 250. He had a good stretch for about two weeks. And then. Prince's Bird, since the also break, he's been brutal, hitting him, I think, 187 since the also break. Terrible. I hate to say it, but I think it's time to give up on him. It's, uh, no, I don't think it's time. To, I'll be honest. I think they may give him next year, too. But like They're not going to. because I, I think they'll give him until about June for next year. They're you know, not going to because there's not going to be space for him. It's kind of the same deal with Aaron Hicks. They didn't really give up on Aaron Hicks, and there's a lot of fans calling for that back when he was terrible in 2016. Yeah, but there's always been a spot for Aaron Hicks. Yeah, I guess as a backup outfit. That's true. Bird, he's not really a bench player. He's kind of you're playing him, he's down in yeah. you think And also, Hicks could play three different outfield positions. True, yeah, I guess. But I don't know for Bird. I don't see them giving up just yet. He's still only 25. Keep that in mind. And Voight is 27, too. So he's not yeah, but think about it. Like, the odds that the Yankees sign either Machado or Harper this season are 100%. They're, they're signing one of them, no doubt. Don't want Harper. What did you? Fuck you. No. I'm yes, saying, they're signing one of them 100%, unless, no doubt. playing first base and not signing Harper. Okay, if they Actually, sign Harper, Harper is playing first base. If they sign Machado, Andujar is playing first base. I'll take that, yeah. So either way, there's no spot for Bird next year. Yeah, I guess. You can always deal him in the offseason. I don't even know how much value he has now, to be honest. Cause he, as he far has as no play, value. Yeah. Oh, he has some value. I mean, a power-hitting left-handed first base. And you look at his stats over 162 games. Or They're not good. Power wise, they actually are. They're 32 homers. I think 31 homers and 90 RBIs. But batting average. split over three seasons. Well, it's a total combined, like around 162 games. But his batting average is around like 210. But you know what? I bet you half of those home runs are from 2015. Well, I'll go through it now. 2015, he had 11. 20, and one month in September of last year. He had nine, and this year he has 11. How many games has he played this year? Uh, seventy some, I think. But um, I think he had roughly seventy. Career wise, he has like one hundred sixty five games played, around five hundred and fifty at bats. So it was pretty much a full season's worth of power hitting, thirty one home runs or thirty two home runs, whatever it is. But still, his career OPS is around seven twenty five, and for first base, like left handed first baseman for, with power, that doesn't cut it. All right. So the bottom line that I think both of us could agree on here is you're in a crucial postseason game. You're starting Luke Voigt over Greg Bird. Matchups aside, whether if it's a lefty or a righty, I'm still starting Voigt over Bird currently. Also, lefty, righty. With I think without a doubt, Bird just shouldn't be starting. He hits better against left-handers anyways, but it just doesn't matter. At this point, if it, all right, wildcard game's tomorrow. I'm not even talking about matchups. Whoever's pitching, I don't care. Luke Voigt, I'd say first baseman. Voigt or Walker, just either way, not Bird. You really have to look at who's going to give you the best at bat too because in the postseason – Bird has given really good at bats for, especially in the postseason last year. Bird was good in the postseason, but last that year. was last year. With uh, yeah, that's true, and he he did get hot in September. But some was, of his at bats against the worst pitchers this year have been awful. Oh, within the last couple of weeks, Bird has looked lost the plate. He's looked like he's looked brutal. But there's point. Like Bird, I've, I don't know. One thing I you know what I like to think of Greg Bird as a batter version of Michael Pineda. Well, a lot of hype had a good rookie season, and just, yeah. And you, you see like little little snippets of dominance, but you can that never is, put it all together. With Pineda, it was like when he was doing well, you're like, man, this guy. Yeah. Hit. Same with Bird. When you look at Bird's swing, when he has like a smooth homer to right field, you're like, wow, this guy could hit 40 homers a year. It's so smooth. You know, you could compare Pineda's Mother's Day game to Bird's home run off of Miller. 16 Ks. Yep. 
That's true. But I feel like, I'll be honest. I think Pineda's at a higher level than Bird. Like Pineda had more success. Like there's, I feel like Pineda's had more strings of success than Bird has. You know? Yeah. So but like I, the fact that his strings of success or string of success came in the postseason. And, you know, like that's what matters the most. But like, I don't know. I guess he just gets a pass at the fans. It's kind of that's running out now. People are really starting to get on Bird. They're done. No, but the more I think of it, like the crazier it gets because the similarities are like pretty similar. Like they both had a lot of injuries. They both never really lived up to the potential. Fans really gave up on them, even though the front office didn't. I would say hate is almost, yeah, I say hate level, like within fans, it is pretty close. It's pretty similar at this point. In 2016, when Pineda had like around, a, I think, a 4.82 ERA, fans despised Pineda. He was brutal, especially in the first half. Yeah. Bird, like, not even just the second half this year. Bird was pretty much brutal. Besides two weeks in the first half, Bird's been brutal all year. All year. He was also brutal last season, except for September. Final two weeks in September. In the Remember he went like 0 for 30 to start the season or something like that? Oh, oh, with, in the beginning, beginning of 20. And then he had like that, that one home run against the Cardinals. Injury. The ankle injury was a big deal, I guess. But like, I don't know. I think the guys, I still think they may give him next year through June. Not through June, but through May. I feel like if there is a spot open for him, they, they would. But I don't think there's going to be a spot open. I'll, I'll be honest. It may depend on how Voight does the rest of this year too, but I don't know. It's something to look forward to, I guess. I don't even know if he'll be able to. Maybe they'll compete a spring training battle between Voight and Bird. It's possible. The thing with Voight is like, uh, Voight, he's not too like old. Like He's 27. He's only two years older than Bird, so that really isn't a factor. It's beyond. It's the fact that Bird's a left-hander. If Bird was righty, this wouldn't even really be a conversation. Yeah. You know? All right. So that's going to wrap it up with the Voight conversation. So now we're going to move on to questions that you guys sent in to dan's instagram account at yankees avenue and nyy home runs yes sir so let's get to the first question all right so the first question is about uh greg bird again so tanner underscore underscore 15 s what are your thoughts on greg bird being terrible and tyler austin's <laughs> minnesota all right uh i'll answer that first honestly if Tyler, no, if Luke Voigt wasn't doing as well as he had the past couple of games, I think it would hurt a lot more that Austin's doing well in Minnesota. But as far as Bird's struggles go, I think we kind of talked about that pretty well before. I don't think he's going to come around anytime soon. All right, so in terms of Bird, for me, it's, I, like I said, I think his future here is kind of dwindling, but I think they'll give him another shot. But in terms of Tyler Austin, no matter what would happen, I don't think Tyler Austin had a future here regardless. Right-handed hitter. He couldn't really lay off the slider down in a way. And I, I'll be honest, with Tyler Austin, I was never too high on him. I, didn't, I don't think he had a future here. So it doesn't really make me too like salty towards it. And um, I'll come back down to earth, too. He's hitting about like 350 of the Twins right now. And I really like Tyler he, Austin. He hit two homers today, actually. But I like it for the fight. That's about it. And the walk-off in 2016. He was clutch. Oh, he, he had a little bit of clutch gene in him. I'll give him that, yeah. But in terms of, uh, I don't know, my salty. I feel like, but... I don't think that fans appreciate like what he did. Like he he was constantly called up and down, and he didn't let it affect him like whatsoever. Oh, yeah, no matter what position they I put him in, I think he was definitely pretty salty with the whole bird situation. He, yeah, look at major league success. If you're basing it off of that, Tyler Austin, without a doubt, should be starting over Greg Bird. But I mean, yeah, and I don't know to get him for Lance Lynn. I'm fine with that deal. I liked it at the time. Never been a huge Tyler Austin fan. I feel like they could have done it without giving up Austin. Though. Well, I like I like Austin personally as a you know as a player. Like in terms yeah. of like, actually you know as a player, no, not really. Yeah, he's a good guy. All right. Uh, the next question. Um, we pretty much went over this whole thing. Uh, 
Alex underscore Fazari 16 asks, do you think Luke Voigt has done enough to as a Yankee still first job? In terms of 2018, yes, I do. I think he, yeah. Uh, I think that as of right now, I'm not starting Greg Bird. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I think say fully healthy roster at first base, regardless for me, Greg Bird's in starting. It's either Neil Walker or Luke Voigt. Yeah. If, you if it's a lefty, give me Voigt. If it's a righty, give me Walker. Mm hmm. All right, the next question is um, R. Maldonado, 24S, about Aaron Judge. This says what's going on with him, if he's coming back or not. Um, well, as of right now, he hasn't taken dry swings yet, and um, pretty much that's a big leap in terms of like his rehab process. So once he does take dry swings, then he'll probably move on to like taking batting practice, then he'll move on to rehab games. So if he hasn't taken dry swings, once he takes dry swings, you're probably looking at a two-week timetable for him to return to the big leagues. So I don't know. Whenever he does that, which will probably hopefully be within the next, I don't know, week or 10 days. So, you know this isn't I, a good sign, right? I don't think Judge will be back till at least middle of September if he comes back at all. And I'm very, very set on the idea that he may come back and re-injure himself or rush himself back and either underperform or just not be able to like play in the playoffs. That's my hopefully not true theory. You know, the thing that really scares me about this injury, though, is because we've seen Judge play through like a pretty major shoulder injury last you season. You don't understand how big of a deal that was. That was apparently brutal on him. Like yeah, he was icing his shoulder after cortisone shots and whatnot. I mean, he didn't like reveal that, but there's a lot of suspicion. That but he, that's what I'm saying. Like he played through that, and he can't brutal. play through this. Oh, he, I think he hit 190 like five during that shoulder injury. Got a yeah, cortisone shot and raked in September last year. But that's what's showing how serious this one is that he can't even play through it. I I, I think middle of September, late September, whatever. They better they just can't rush him. That's the thing. If they do rush him, though, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because no, they're that. not going far in the postseason without him. Let's be honest. I'll be honest. I've heard that narrative, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, you actually look at this team without Judge. I think once you add a healthy and productive Gary Sanchez back in the line with Didi back, I mean, sticking in Walker and Rafe, I mean, it's a huge loss. Who says Gary's going to be productive, though? I don't. That's why I said if. I said if. And I, th I think Gary's a much better hitter than a 190 hitter. All right, but who are you starting in the outfield in the wildcard game? Shane Robinson? No, I'd say you put Neil Walker in right void at first. No, I don't know. You can't put Neil Walker in the outfield for a playoff game. Or No, you know what it could be? You could put Stanton in right and have Walker DH. All right, this is this is just a positional lineup, but in terms of you have Hicks in center, Gardner in left, Stanton in right, Walker DH, first void, second Glaber, short D, third uh, and you are. Catching Gary, and then judge on the DL or whatever. Unfortunately, you know, um, and that's a speculation at this point. We don't know what's gonna happen. And then um, next question, Ajack dot ten thirty three asked, "Do you think the Yankees will break the home run record?" Uh, I have no idea, but in terms of the pace numbers, courtesy of NYY Home Runs, the Yankees are currently up. <laughs> Always plug, selfless chain plug. Um, Unhinged Clothing dot shop. Head over there now. Collection one out now. <sighs> Currently on pace at 262 home runs, and the record is 264. So as of right now, the current pace, they would not surpass that. But anything can happen. You hit, hit another homer tonight, and the pace would be like 266. So. It's kind of disappointing, though, because if they would have stayed healthy and they would have been continued at the pace that they were at, they would have broken it easily. Well, yeah, but you got to think about it, too. Like They're going to have this opportunity to break it like within the next five years. So it's like if they don't break it this year, they could break it next year. So, you know, it's kind of sad when you think about it, though, because like – we were all so excited before the season to see Stanton, Gary, and Judge. My and only th one is only I don't it, not really judging, it's more so the fact that Gary has just underperformed so like immensely. It's really disappointing. It's not even like Gary's hitting two thirty. He's hitting one. I think one. Yeah. Game, 
And to be fair, I mean, like, yeah, I guess he's injured. I'm sure if he was still playing this whole time, he probably like at least got it back up to like 220, 230. But like, it really is just like a lost season for him. So what for him, what really can make the difference is perform in the playoffs and you know get fans back on your side. Because a lot of people are like down on Gary, especially like the he last just needs taste, that one big hit. The last taste in their mouth is the the ground at the double play where he didn't hustle. But it, have you seen the videos of him lately? Because it looks like he lost a lot of weight. You hear in the ESPN, he lost 10 to 15 pounds, apparently. Yeah. And the one, did you see the picture I posted on Twitter? He looks jacked. He does. He looks like he looks like 2016, Gary. In general, there's a big misconception of him that he is very fat, which he's a little chunky. Not gonna lie. He still is, but like... He, he is like, a little chubby. He wears his uniform very baggy, which makes it kind of look a lot fatter than he is. He is chubby. He's chubby. He's not fat, though. If yet. you look at a comparison between him in 2016 and 2018, there's a big difference. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. 2016, he's much skinnier. And uh, that's also when he took the league by storm. Oh, he was filthy. And last year, too, people like, don't really think about it. He was filthy last year. And I think... Yeah. Hundred and think like twenty games missed all of April, don't forget or most of April, don't forget. Remember his June last year? And his his August was insane. He yeah. 12. He had thirty three homers last year as a catcher and drove in ninety runs. He had a full season last year. He's hitting forty bombs and driving in a hundred. Yep. He's historically good as a catcher. Um next um hold on. Um do you want to do the Shane Robinson Brett Gardner question? Yeah. All right, so J underscore 2000 asks, does Shane Robson have a chance to become the next Brett Gardner? I love this question. And only for one reason, because there's absolutely no similarities between them. Yankees just beat the Orioles, and they're now five games back in the lost column. All right, what were you saying? I love this question because there's absolutely zero similarities between the two besides the look. I'm assuming, assuming this guy is pretty like, he actually do kind of looks a little similar, but I'm assuming he's kidding around, but... Uh, if he's serious, no. Shane Robinson, the 30-year-old <laughs> outfielder, only known for his defensive skill. That's about it. I can't wait to look back on this podcast in like 10 years when Shane Robinson's like a cornerstone in the outfield. Let's see. Next question. Oh, um, this is a good question. So, uh, Louis underscore Vadine asked, if the Walker game's tomorrow, who starts the game against the A's or the Astros? So, who starts the Walker game for you? For me, as of today. Who are you picking? I am starting J Hap. I agree. My order, my pecking order would go. And don't, once again, a whole, whole month left. Severino could write the ship, blah, blah, blah. But if it's tomorrow, everybody's on full rest. I'm going J Hap, then probably Tanaka, then Sevi, then CC. And the sad part is there's, they're going to start Sevi. And to be fair, Sevi has earned that right to start, but. I don't think he has. Well, how has he earned that right? He hasn't been productive since the All-Star break. He wasn't all that good in the postseason last year besides, what, one or two starts? Good. I mean, you can't lie. It's. I think everyone's still scarred from that wild card game. Oh, that that, that freaks me out. I'm not starting him tomorrow. It'd be J-Hat for me. I can't trust him in a do-or-die game. If they did start Sevy, I mean, like, I can forgive them. I understand. You know what I mean? Especially against Oakland, man. They're a tough lineup. Any, uh, Any team. I mean, Seattle, I'm comfortable with, like, well, first of all, if we're playing Houston, I mean, I even watch that's we're done. But in terms of against either team, I mean, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have either Sevy or Hap. But like, I, no, I go, I Hap. like Hap because if you go the route with Sabathia, you know they're gonna bunt on him, and it's just not gonna happen. He's gonna give you three innings, and uh, CC's not all that good to be honest. He's, his numbers are good, but to be honest, he's, CC's not that. No, good. in a clutch playoff game, I want him. He knows. Oh, We'll start a playoff game this year, but don't get me wrong. But in terms of the one game playoff, I'll go with J Hap. And J Hap's also a veteran with postseason experience. 
World Series experience and has pitched well in the postseason. If we're like making rankings here, I'm going Hap, Tanaka, CC, Sevi. Oh, um, not my, mine. I flip CC and Sevi. Uh, Hap, Tanaka, Sevi, CC. All right. Um, oh, I just got exit other questions of accident. Um, all right. The next question is a good one. Uh, C Monin asks, "Who's your favorite Yankee now and of all time?" Um, my favorite Yankee now. I mean, it's got to be Aaron Judge, right? I mean, I feel like that's everyone's favorite yeah, Yankee. Not for me. No. No. Um. Who's your favorite all time? My favorite all time. Ah. <sighs> That's a tough question. All right, I'll answer. We'll go back and I'll answer. All right, so my current favorite Yankee, I'm a big Gary Sanchez fan, big time, hardcore. I'm a Gary Sanchez fan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gary Sanchez is your favorite current player? Yeah, he's still my banner. (laughs) I didn't change Aaron Judge. Gary Sanchez, easily. Not even a doubt in my mind. And in terms of all time, not even a question. Got me into baseball. I actually liked him before I even liked the Yankees. Alex Rodriguez. Bro, I was just going to say that. I'm probably the biggest A-Rod fan and supporter like of anybody. I'm a huge A-Rod fan. When I was younger, like now that I think about it, A-Rod is like – I liked A-Rod so much better than Jeter. Like my I've first been, ever email I, was PHNK13. I've never been a huge Jeter guy. And like don't get me wrong. I don't defend A-Rod for what he did. I call him – I don't think – he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame at all. Don't get me wrong. But there's A-Rod. Someone about him, he just brought like – some aura to the game that I was just like, attracted to. I wanted to watch his at bat every single time. Because he was fun to watch. Only time I ever paid for tickets that weren't in the bleachers or like grandstand, A-Rod's last game, I had to buy legend seats. You know what? Like, I think the thing with A-Rod is, especially to younger children, is he was more fun to watch. Like, Jeter might have been the better all-around player, <laughs> but he out. didn't hit the home runs. He wasn't flashy. Exactly. He wasn't flashy. He just did everything the right way, which was better. A-Rod probably should have yeah. done that way. But in terms of like... Who is more of a story figure and like polarizing A Rod without a doubt? Who brought more attention to the game? I mean, negatively or positively, that's a different like conversation. I mean, when I think of my childhood watching Yankee games, like I think of like a day game in the old Yankee Stadium. A Rod's got his black sunglasses on, those high socks, just like, hitting bombs. High socks, dude. Hells yeah. Love A Rod. Um, all right. I love this question. All right. So Jacob Dean Feliciano asks If you had to keep one player, who would you keep? Aaron Judge or Luis Severino? I think this is an easy question for me. I I'm saying Aaron Judge hundred fifty thousand percent. I'm saying Aaron Judge, but it is a close call for me. Think about it, Severino. I mean, like take out the last six starts, he is a twenty four year old ace. It's that's a tough question. I go with Aaron Judge in terms of just like ticket sales too. That's a big deal for me, and like promotional wise and like marketing wise, Aaron Judge. Yeah. Well, in terms of overall production, though, he's a superstar, and he proved it this year. He didn't have a sophomore slump. If he didn't get injured, he would have had but probably forty and one hundred and ten this year. So. Yeah. Mine's yeah, up. that's an easy question for me. Here's another one. Um, Cher Wadi asked kind of the same deal, but for Andujar or Glaber, who are you keeping? I am keeping Glaber. And I know Andujar is the hot hand right now, and it's like it's very possible he goes on to have a better career, but looking down the road, I think Glaber is more of an all-around asset. Deal for me. Right now, I'd go with Glaber, but say Miguel Andujar becomes a serviceable defender and improves Yeah. In a little bit, it's Andor easily for me. If he can improve his defense, I'm doing. Oh yeah, I'm Andor. For me, it's more his vision than defense. Oh, he's um, yeah, he's he doesn't get on base enough. Because I don't see him being a third baseman for the rest of his career. Uh well, it depends if the Yankees. He may go to. It depends if all the Yankees get Machado this year, but I don't they're know. going to. 
And even if they don't get Machado, they're going to get Harper and he'll play first base. Thing, I got into like a big fuss every because I said like Enduhar was the most overrated on the team like a couple months ago because of his defense and lack of play discipline. But I remember I you still, said that. I still think and that like blew up. People got so pissed at me. But like I still think that. But in terms of like if you can improve on those things, mostly the defense for me too and just like the play vision. If you can do that, then he'll be one of the best third basemen in the league. You know? Yeah. All right. Um, Before we move on to the next question. I just have a little statement to make. What? I am not a fan of the Little League World Series. Oh, me either. I don't. They've shown the highlights right now on our TVs. I don't. I didn't watch one ounce of it, and it's like for me, it's it's so annoying because like you see one kid's like six foot five, two fifty, hitting against like a kid that's probably like five. I think that it's the worst thing that I've ever seen. So dumb. And I refuse to watch a game of it. I'm glad it's on or whatever. I don't. I won't watch an ounce. And the sad part is that ESPN promotes the Little League World Series more than they promote the MLB World that's Series. Good. That's true. Well, because well, I mean, first of all, the World Series isn't even on ESPN, but like in terms of just baseball in general, like yeah, they, it's brutal to watch. I guess it is only a little two week deal, but and it's pretty cringe too watching these little I'm kids so cry and it's not just that and the fact that, like somebody hits a home run that's like the high high five yeah. other opposing teammates. It's stupid, but I don't watch. I used to watch when I was younger, but but um, in terms of the questions, that was actually the last question. So the question seg- question segment is it's come to a close, and you know what? That's gonna bring our podcast to a close so that's episode five of unhinged talk wrapped up you can you can find me on twitter at true hennessy follow me on instagram at true hennessy follow us on twitter at unhinged yankees and our newly made instagram at unhinged yankees dan where could they find you on twitter you can find me at dan allen rourke and on instagram you can follow my yankees page at yankees avenue and nyy home runs So make sure to check our social medias weekly for the newest episode of Unhinged Talk, and we will see you guys next week. Sounds good.